This is HPR episode 2284 entitled, Resurrecting a Dead Ethernet Switch. It is hosted by me and is about 15 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, replacing a failing capacitor in the power supply of an Ethernet switch to make it work again. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Radio. This is Mervy or Michael if you prefer. Today's episode will be one of the kind I make you listen while I do stuff. I personally like those and I think it's effort-wise a very cheap way to get a show done. A bit more than four years ago I bought two units of an 8-port gigabit Ethernet switch to be used, one at my place and one at my parents' house as the main switches for the computer networks there. The units did their job until a while ago the one at my place went toes up. I simply hooked up an old backup uh, switch and did not think much about it any further. Until about two weeks ago I got a call from my brother who is with my parents and he said, "Ah, well, since about half an hour I can't get to the internet. So the next thing I tried was to connect from the outside, which worked fine, but I could not get to his computer. And the only thing in between was that sad switch. So the point of failure was very obvious. With my help on the phone, my brother was able to hook up a backup solution to bring the family back online. And I was left with two broken switches. At this point I was getting curious. Two switches of the same kind, broken in roughly the same time. I had my one here, so let's have a look inside, it can't hurt. I opened mine up, found the fault, which was a broken capacitor in the power supply, replaced it, and it works like a charm again. End of episode. Well, not quite. Fixing the first unit would have been a great show for HBR, but I just missed this this opportunity. Luckily I got a second chance. I'm now at my parents house sitting in front of the second unit and hoping it is the same disease to be cured with the same measures and I thought I will give it a go to record the show for Hacker Public Radio on this one. So I verified the device is not working and I will start unscrewing the housing. It's a metal housing, solid, sturdy, that's one of the reasons why I like those those switches. I already removed three of the five screws and I will undo the next two.
I unscrewed all screws. Yeah, now it's. So the lid is open. What I can see, there are two printed circuit boards in the in the housing. One smaller one is the switched power supply with the mains power source, and the big green PCB with all the electronics for the Ethernet switch stuff. So I can power it up just once again. And I see the power LED is blinking. And if you listen carefully, you can see some periodic buzzing sound. Let me see if I can record this. So it sounds like there is some startup in the power supply and then something goes wrong and the power LED goes off again and then it tries it again and again and again and it's blinking blinking away, not getting booted at all. I turn it off again. So let's have a look with the multimeter at the voltage of the power supply. I know from the other device it's it's a 3.3 volt power supply and I already found the points where to connect the meter on the green board just shortly after the onboard power connector where the power supply is plugged in and then there's a, an additional buffer capacitor and some filter choke and after those we have some wire hooks where we can easily connect our meters. Turning it on again and I see on the voltmeter voltage jumping up and down between 0 and 2 point something 3-ish volts so it's obvious it's unstable and we can try to have a look at this voltage with the oscilloscope. Turn it off again. I will hook, up, hook it up at the same point where I had the voltmeter. And I will have a picture of this in the, in the show notes. So let's try it on again. Still blinking away. And I see a changing voltage on the oscilloscope. Let's slow down the trace and adjust the trigger to catch the rising voltage. So what I can see on the scope here is now the voltage starts to rise slightly above the 3.3 volt point. Then it's stable there for about 300 milliseconds and then it starts dropping almost down to zero. And this repeats at the same rate as the blinking of the, of the LED. I managed to take a picture of the screen of the scope so you can see the the fall of the voltage right there. Okay, we have verified the voltage is unstable, is just collapsing uh, when the load is switched on, when the computer in there tries to boot. And as you will see on the picture, the output capacitor on the power supply is bulging. The housing of the final electrolytic capacitor is bulging on the top, which is already an indication that there's something wrong with this capacitor. So I will now re remove the power supply PCB from the whole housing, unplugging the connector to the, to the other board, 
and now unscrewing the mounting screws of the power supply PCB. One screw. Second screw. Now the two at the sockets. And then the same in the meantime I will power up the soldering irons because I know I will be unsoldering this one capacitor. Now I have the PCB of the power supply in my hands and at the edge of the board close to the output there is this one electrolytic capacitor. Let's see if the soldering iron is already hot. Okay. So now I have to unsolder two pins of the, this, this capacitor and one way to do it is to just apply a little bit additional solder to have flux with it and then I will try uh, to use the solder suction pump to remove the solder of those two contacts. So I make, make sure the whole solder blob is well molten and then I go with the suction pump and just pull it away. Especially with, if you have single-sided PCBs with only one side of copper and no, no copper plating in the holes, like you have on multi-layered digital boards and so on. Using the solder suction pump is a very good way and it normally works, works very well. Didn't remove all the solder on this. Let's heat it up again. Yeah, now this looks better. And if the suction pump worked, you can see basically the wire of the component in the middle of a hole and the area around it is already free. So it's moving freely, just sticking to some glue on the upside of the PCB. So a little bit more force and now I have the capacitor in my hand. This multimeter has the possibility to measure capacity. The capacitor is 2200 microfarads, 10 volt. The meter can only do 20 microfarad, not 2200. But from the experience I had with my other unit, I think it will be enough to, to test the capacitor. Let's see. I uh, should switch to capacity measurement first. No, it's still enough to get an overrange. So the capacitor has still more than 20 microfarads, which is what you should expect from a device rated 2200 microfarads. I do not have the same size of component. I have 2200 microfarads, 25 volts, not 10 volts. It's more than double the size of the original component. But there's plenty of room in the in the housing beside the power supply board, so I will just mount it bent over, lying lying sideways, which should work fine.
So I'm bending the, the pin of the capacitor to fit in the holes of the board where the original component was. Bending a little bit more. So I have the two wires sticking out of the PCB on the solder side and I just have to apply new solder to, to fix them. So clipping off the excessive ends and then I would expect the thing to work again. So I'm optimistic and will mount the board right back into its place. First the screws at the power cable connector. Filling with the screws. last one which also is the ground connection for the power supply to the housing to the ground lead of the mains cable tightening the nuts and so then replacing the plug on the main board from the power supply looks nice then replug the main the mains cable and just turn it on and see what happens and immediately power supply lights up uh, power power led lights up steady and stable and the rest of the leds perform the normal blinking like for a regular boot of the device looks nice Let's take the multimeter and connect it again to see if the voltage is. So the voltmeter says it's 3.29 volts. We can then have another look with the scope just to verify that things are fine again, which I have no doubt at all now. So it's one steady trace at a 3.3 volt line no visible hum on the signal the device booted nicely i think it's done i have to close the housing screw it up again and then i'm i'm left with second perfectly working ethernet switch so this leaves me with a warm fuzzy feeling being very satisfied not for uh, just getting the switch working again because i was pretty pretty confident that it was the same the same problem which could be fixed easily but I'm much much more proud of now having a show for Hacker Public Radio recorded and to have gotten this done finally finally so if you if you listen till now hope you enjoyed the show have fun
See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.